1 John 2, chapter 18. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things... And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Good morning, everyone. Um, have you ever, uh, put, put your hand up in the air, uh, if you've ever seen the, the TV show, Would I Lie to You? Has anyone seen that? Yeah, there's a few people who've seen it, that's good. Um, Would I Lie to You is a TV show where two teams uh, sit on, on a panel and they both take it in turns sharing stories. Uh, one team shares a story and the other team has to figure out whether or not the story they're hearing is true. So... I thought this morning we'd play a little game. Uh, I'm going to share three short statements or stories about myself, uh, and I would like all of you guys to figure out which one is the lie. Uh, I'll share all three, and then I'll ask you to put up your hand for whichever one you think is a lie. Okay? Okay. Okay. The first one. I'm a 28-year-old Bible college student studying at the Bible College of South Australia. The second one, when I was in year three, I was rolling down a hill on a scooter in Port Elliot and I fell off and I broke both, uh, uh, both bones in my right arm. The third one, the final one, at my uh, cousin's birthday party when she was very young, Dave Gleason from the rock band The Screaming Jets, who reached fame in the 90s, uh, came into the room I was sitting in, picked up a guitar with Hannah Montana pictures all over it, and began jamming away to his heart's content. Okay, which one is the lie? Who thinks it's the first one? I'm a 28-year-old Bible college student studying at the Bible College South, so we've got one. Okay, okay. Who thinks it's the second one? A few people. 
Okay. Who thinks it's the third one? All right, a lot of people. Well, one of us in this room was correct. Matthew. Yes, well done. Well done. I'm not a 28-year-old Bible college student. I'm a 27-year-old Bible college student studying at the Bible College of South Australia. It's hard to pick the truth, isn't it, sometimes? Hard to pick the truth sometimes. In the passage this morning, John uh, writes about truth and about falsehood and the importance of knowing what is true and what is false, especially when it comes to knowing Jesus. Now, throughout this series on 1 John, we've been coming back to, uh, throughout this year, hearing about this reason that John has written this letter. See, the church he is writing to has been plagued by false teaching, by lies, from people who claim to have the real truth about who Jesus is. See, there's been a division in that church, uh, and the people there have been left just really unsure about who they should be listening to. But more than that, they've been left unsure about their relationship with God. Well, John has written this letter to encourage them. That comes out in 1 John chapter 5. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. See, he doesn't want them to feel fear about where they stand with God. He doesn't want them to be unsure about uh, who and what they should be listening to. He wants them to know that their relationship with God is secure. They have life in Jesus' name. See, this is ultimately a letter of great assurance for that church and also for us here today. Now, you may be here this morning and you may be uh, unsure of where you stand with God. You might be here and um, feel unsure of how to follow Jesus today in a world where truth is really becoming so subjective because it can be hard to distinguish what is really true and what is a lie. And when it comes to understanding uh, who Jesus is, it's crucial for us to understand the truth. John helps us this morning to distinguish between truth and falsehood, uh, firstly by writing about those who are against Christ, secondly by writing about those who are for Christ, And thirdly, by helping us see what it means to remain in Christ, in the truth. Should be an outline in your leaflets to follow along with as well. First point in the outline, those who are against Christ. John writes in verse 18, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know that it's the last hour. Uh, there, are, there are two ideas really for us to tackle in this opening verse. Uh, firstly, what does it mean that it's the last hour? And secondly, uh, who or what is the Antichrist? And what's that all about? Uh, firstly, what is the last hour? Well, in John's writings, uh, the term hour is used in three different senses. The first is the hour in which Jesus laid down his life for his people to bring salvation. The second is the hour in which the disciples' ministry would begin, that the Holy Spirit would descend and would be with them. The third is the future hour that has not yet come when Christ will return. But none of these are spoken of as the last hour in John's writings. Well, what should be obvious from what John is saying is that uh, the 
it being the last hour is actually a period of time and that it is a period of time that his readers are living inside of. Uh, you may have also heard of it uh, referred to as the last days. Uh, other books in the Bible, um, for example, Hebrews, Acts uh, 1 and 2, Timothy, they refer to the last days, meaning the current period of time in which we live now. See, this current uh, period of time sees us waiting in eager uh, anticipation for the return of Jesus. It's a period in the Bible described as a time where opposition of Jesus would arise and where Christians are called to faithfulness in Jesus in response to this. And the opposition that John writes to them about here is the opposition of the many antichrists. And it's the fact that there are many antichrists that John writes, we can recognise that we are inside the period of the last hour, awaiting Jesus' return. That's what the last hour is. Now, I'm not sure what image comes to mind when you hear the word antichrist. Um, for me, when I, when I read these verses, uh, it's you know that, that TV kind of image or the, the movie image that comes to mind, and it kind of flips and changes you know, from uh, this little comical character wearing a red hat and, and a red onesie with a pointed stick uh, to being really quite a terrifying image of a dark and frighteningly evil-looking figure who wants to, to harm us and, and destroy the world. But these are just TV shows. These are just, just movies. In the Bible, the term Antichrist only ever actually appears in three passages of the Bible. Two of those passages are here in this book of 1 John and the other passage is in the book of 2 John. And John here doesn't write about Antichrist as this single dark figure for the church to be scared of, as is often portrayed. Instead, John writes about many Antichrists who have already come. And the fact that they've come shows that it's the last hour. Uh, anti literally translates to as against or instead of. So this group of individuals that John is referring to as the Antichrists are those who are against Christ. And by being against Christ, John writes, it is evidence that they don't have the truth, but they cling to lies. See, firstly, we see this uh, by the fact that they left those who know the truth. It's in verse 19. And secondly, we see this because they deny who Jesus really is. So firstly, because they left those who know the truth. And secondly, because they deny who Jesus really is. Verse 19 says, They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. goes on in verse 22. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See, the truth that John is talking about in this passage, and really all throughout 1 John, is the truth ultimately about who Jesus is. And this group of people that have departed from uh, the Christian community deny who Jesus is. And we're told they deny that Jesus is the Christ. Now, it, it's hard to know exactly what this denial looked like back then because there's no real clear records or writings or teachings of these antichrists. 
But the common held view, and from what we know, is that this group of people were impacted by early Gnostic thinking. So early Gnostic thinkers believed that there was a material world, that there was a spiritual world, two different kind of planes, and that the material world was a very evil and impure place. So for anyone to say that God came into the material world would mean to say that God is impure, and they just couldn't accept that kind of thinking. So the predominant solution for this was to say that God really just came in spirit and entered into this man named Jesus and did some some cool things. Or to say that there was actually a, a special knowledge that entered Jesus, that Jesus knew about how to know God. And to know God and to have eternal life means that we need to gain this special knowledge for ourselves. And a lot of these Gnostic thinkers would claim that it wasn't the apostles' teaching about Jesus that was correct, but it was their teaching, because somehow they'd gained this special knowledge about Jesus. So they left the community of believers, and they sought to drag Christians away with them into that wrong belief about who Jesus is. But in these verses, John wants to affirm his readers by saying, um, this group of people who have done this were never actually part of us, because if they were part of us, they would still be here. But they're liars because they deny who Jesus is. And John has already written in this letter about who Jesus is. Jesus, the Son of God, who is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The only one who can restore our broken relationship with God through his death on our place on the cross. He is the promised Christ, meaning anointed one of God. This is the truth about who Jesus is. And anyone who subtracts from this, or anyone who adds to this, is a liar. They don't have the truth. They deny who Jesus is. See, Jesus is the only way that we can have a relationship with God. That's what John makes clear in his letter of 1 John. It's not Jesus and being a perfect person. It's not Jesus and going to the right church. It's not Jesus and reading the right Bible translation. It's not Jesus and never forgetting to have your quiet time in the morning. It's not Jesus and the Pope. It's Jesus. It's only Jesus and what he has accomplished on our behalf on the cross. Only Jesus could pay the price that we can't for the way we've treated God. Only Jesus can save us. And if anyone tells you differently... They are telling you a lie. They are denying who Jesus is. The lie is that Jesus is not who he says he is. That he's not who John and the other apostles say he is. The truth is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who saves us from our sin and brings us to right relationship with God. Jesus and Jesus alone. But John writes that it's the last hour that many antichrists have come, people who are against Jesus, who deny Jesus. And the sobering reality is that that wasn't just happening back then, that's something that still is true today. That there are many who may seem to be Christians, who say they're Christians, but who in fact deny Jesus and who seek to lead people away from him. And the results of that in a church could be absolutely disastrous. Um, Con Campbell, when uh, when he was writing about the letter of of 1 John, shares a story of uh, a British MI6 agent. Uh, This man's name was Kim Philby. 
Um, he was a, a British MI6 agent up until 1963. Um, for many years, he convinced people that he was a trustworthy MI6 officer, and he actually climbed up very high in the ranks of British intelligence. But for all that time, he was deceiving them. See, for all that time, he was really serving the KGB. And this resulted in both lives being put in danger, and sadly, it resulted in many, many lives being lost. Operations all around the world can be seen to have uh, been compromised by Philby, the result being that people lost their lives. And the confronting thing is that no one realised his betrayal because he seemed to be one of them. Philby seemed like he was on the right side, but he wasn't. He said, he said all the right things, but he was a liar. They only realised that he wasn't one of them and working for the KGB after he had left. So, for us thinking today, how do, how do we respond to uh, the idea that there are, are, are double agents? There are people who are against Christ people who are against Christ yet who may be in our midst, in our community. Well, John doesn't say, begin a witch hunt and begin burning people at the stake. Um, he's not telling, he doesn't tell us to, to walk around pointing the finger at people. Uh, after all, Kim Philby was impossible to spot, wasn't he? Until he defected to the USSR. See, our response to there being possible um, double agents in churches is actually to cling to the truth of the gospel. It's to cling to the truth of the gospel, to be for Jesus and to seek to know him. It comes out later in the passage. Point two, those who are for Christ. Verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. And because no lie comes from the truth. See, John is establishing again here that this letter is not a rebuke to his readers, but is an encouragement. See, they've not chosen to believe in the false teaching of those who are against Christ who exist among them. Because they know the truth. And John wants to exhort them to continue in clinging to the truth of who they know Jesus to be. Uh, but what is all this, um, this talk of the anointing of the Holy One? What does that mean? And what has that got to do with the truth? In another part of the Bible, um, in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's telling them that he is about to leave them. It's in John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17. And Jesus says to his followers, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit. He is who leads us to truth. He is who remains with us, guiding us in truth, who sets us apart as His, as God's. The evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit that we're seeing in this group of Christians that John is bringing out is that they know the truth of the gospel that they've responded to the truth of the gospel in faith and acceptance of who Jesus is. This is in complete contrast to uh, the many antichrists who have come who do not have the Holy Spirit at work in them, who do not have the truth. 
rather it became obvious that they didn't have this because they departed from those who have the truth and they denied who Jesus is. Now, it would be easy for us to, to respond to the news that there are many antichrists who exist in the world with fear. But what John seems to want for the church here is to feel assurance because they have the Holy Spirit. They have God guiding them in truth and they have the truth itself in the gospel which contains not one single falsehood. They have Jesus. They have relationship with the Father through Jesus the Son. They have life in his name. Therefore they're not called to respond in fear but to respond by clinging to Jesus. Now, there's uh, an important distinction, I think, to make here uh, because people do make mistakes about understanding who Jesus is. It's a very real thing that happens. And we aren't called to respond by pointing the finger at people and making assumptions that they are, you know, (laughs) the antichrists, that they are against Jesus. What John is saying here is respond with the truth. Respond with the truth, trusting in the work of the Holy Spirit. To help that person come to understand who Jesus is and to respond to him by trusting in him. After all, the passage directly before this one uh, exhorts all of us to, to love others out of response to God's love for us. What is more loving than sharing the truth of who Jesus is with someone? So don't be fearful. That's not the point John is trying to make. The point he is making is that there are people who are against Christ, who will tell lies about who he is, who may seem to be Christian and have it all together. But while they tell those lies, we cling to the truth about who Jesus is, and so those lies can be spotted. The truth, as has been passed down to us through Scripture, God's own word to us, a message which the apostles proclaimed, who saw, touched, spoke, and knew Jesus himself. And who Jesus himself gave the gospel to so that they might proclaim it to others so that they too would come and have life in his name. John urges the church to remain in Christ and cling to the truth of the gospel of Jesus and to nothing else. To final point, remaining in Christ. In verse 24, John writes, As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. So how are we meant to cling to the truth amidst uh, any, any false teaching, any lies that may arise, or amidst any who would try to lead us away from Christ? Well, John's answer is quite simple. John's answer is not to focus on what the lie is. See, John's answer is to focus on what the truth is. Uh, I've actually heard this illustration a bunch of times over the last couple of months, and it's a great one, I think. And it's an illustration to do with, uh, with counterfeit money. Uh, early on, when bank tellers needed to recognise fake money when they were handling it, uh, the solution was not to get them to handle different kinds of fake money that was floating around. Uh, the solution was to handle the real thing, <clears throat> to handle real money so that They knew real money well enough that when fake money came along, they could spot it like that because they knew the real thing like the back of their hand. It's the same with the gospel. It's the same with knowing Jesus. 
in order to be able to recognize the lie and to recognize when someone is trying to lead you away from who Jesus is and not to him, don't spend your energy chasing down the lie. Spend your energy knowing the truth, knowing who Jesus is more and more so that when someone tries to tell you that Jesus isn't who the Bible says he is, you can say, no, that is a lie. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning, meaning the gospel, remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Eternal life. John continues, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. John encourages his readers by saying to them, I'm not writing this to you because you don't know the truth. I'm writing it because you do. And he says, you don't need anyone to teach you. Um, Now, you might think, well, Jack, why do we come to church on Sundays? Why do we have sermons? <laughs> well, I think what John is saying here is that we've already told you the truth and you've received it. We've told you about Jesus. We've told you the gospel. And you've responded to it. You have a relationship with God through Jesus. And there is never anything more to add to that gospel. That is it. You know it. There is no human voice that should ever be listened to above what the Bible has to say about Jesus and how we are to live in relationship with him. This is why the proclamation of the gospel is so important every time we meet and why teaching from scripture is so important every time we meet. Not teaching that comes from people but from the Bible so that we may live in light of the truth And not be swayed by any lie that does not come from it. But as his teaching, uh, as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. In other words, don't let go of Jesus. Don't let go of Jesus. Um, it It was difficult to spot the lie that I told at the beginning, wasn't it? I mean, you know. Matthew got it. Don't feel bad. My dad didn't even get it when I told him those three as well, so it's fine. But it was difficult to spot the lie that I told at the beginning. See, the more you know about me informs what you thought was true and what was a lie. The more you know about me, the more informed you are of what you, what you thought was true and what was a lie. Even though it was a really small one. Getting to know Jesus more and more knowing what the gospel means for you and how to live in light of it more and more, will help you spot when someone says something untrue about Jesus. Knowing Jesus more and more as he has revealed himself in Scripture will help you spot the lie, will help you stick to the truth about who he is. So keep getting to know him. If you are here today and you feel unsure about where you stand with God, Please hear that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus, through what he's done for you. 
It's through faith in Jesus and nothing else that you can have this relationship. Today we've been encouraged to cling to the truth. Falsehoods and misunderstandings about who Jesus is have existed since the church began, since Jesus was around. And these falsehoods were, were ripe in the early church. So to help guard against heresy, to guard against lies, um, the early church formed these things called creeds. Now the creed is a statement of belief which comes from Scripture. It's not Scripture itself, but it's belief which comes, a statement which comes from Scripture. Um, and the early church put together uh, the Apostles' Creed, a statement about what Christians believe about God, a statement that Christians have been declaring for centuries about who we believe God to be as has been revealed in Scripture. I thought a great way for us uh, to finish right now would be together as a church uh, to actually proclaim the truth of who God is as revealed in Scripture together. That we might cling to the truth of who he is as a church and declare his name above all else. So I think the, the words will come up on the screen behind me. Um, would you like to, to stand and let's say these words together? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Apostolic Church, the fellowship of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and life eternal. Amen.